Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Asian Americans. This is your host, Jerry Wan. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode 49, the second half of the Soul Sausage Brothers uh, series that we're doing. Uh, you've listened to Ted on episode 48, and now we get to hear from his brother, Young, who is the older of the two. And you'll hear some crazy stories of his path growing up together with Ted in Cupertino, how he found his way down to San Diego, took a year off from school to do something fun, and eventually found his way also to digital marketing like his brother, Ted, and eventually starting and founding Soul Sausage together eight years ago, and all the fun and challenging times that the two have uh, gone through in building their business. And after we're done with this, in a few hours, we'll be releasing the Together episode. So get excited for that. And without further ado, here now is my conversation with Young Kim. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Asian Americans. This is your host, Jerry Wan. Wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, we wish you all the health, happiness in the world. Um, it's a challenging time right now for everybody as we're staying at home mostly. Um, if you aren't staying home, please stay home. And spending a lot of more time with our families and spending a lot of more time thinking about a lot of different things. Um, if you're listening to this in order that the episodes were released, um, you listen to Ted's show just before this. And so mm -hmm. we have his brother on, Young. And if you're just a big fan of Young, and if you just had to listen to him first, <laughs> that's okay. And so we're trying something very fun and different here on the show this week. We're going to interview the two brothers separately and talk and get their own take on life growing up in the Kim family. Hmm. And then we are going to bring them together in the next episode after this. And I don't know, have a brotherly hug fest or a brotherly fight. I don't know <laughs> what we're going to talk about, but we want to learn young. We want to learn about young in his own words. Uh, young, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So let's do a quick bio and intro. And I think most, um, Folks know you now as the founder and one of the owners of Soul Sausage, which has been in operation for eight years. You started that with your brother and another friend eight years ago and in, a, in an interesting way, which we'll talk about. You didn't start out as a sausage guy growing up, right? So you you had different ambitions and you actually went to school to study um, business and then started out in a different career, which um, maybe it's correlated, maybe it's not, but very similar to what your brother did professionally and then ended up starting a business together. Um, let's learn about you in your own words. Um, and, and so tell me about the earlier years of Young's life. How did the Kim family move to America? Where did you guys move to and what were your early years like? Yeah, so um, I never wanted to uh, be a sausage guy when I was young. I never had those <laughs> kind of plans. But, um, you know, I came with my brother to America through a company called Samsung. And my, my father was selected as like one of the, the first engineers to um, kind of open up a Silicon Valley branch. And so um, we actually came legally through um, uh, like a visa and uh, work permits. And uh, and we got started in uh, our life got started in Santa Clara. And we grew up in the Bay Area and um, we grew up, uh, we moved to a town called Cupertino. A lot of people don't know what Cupertino is until Apple and uh, iPods came about. But Cupertino is a small little city. Uh, south of San Jose, uh, like a little bit north of San Jose, uh, south of San Francisco, and um, very small, kind of like high tech, kind of bubble city. Um, mm -hmm. Everybody is a little sheltered there. I think um, our childhood was very um, safe. You know, we, we weren't like filled with a lot of uh, gangs or anything, but um, just a lot of engineering fathers and mothers there. 
Um, and so, yeah, we had a pretty good childhood, you know, you know, we did our elementary school, uh, we did our uh, T-balls, we did our little leagues, we did um, all the normal stuff kind of kids did when they grew up. I guess, you know, we had a pretty, uh, a pretty sheltered life until college. College is when I went, what meant first, like, um, ethnic kind of, um, I saw diversity. I, sh- I truly saw diversity mm. because San Jose was just mostly um, Asians and Caucasians, to be honest. Mm. And so um, it opened my eyes, you know, it was the first time I saw diversity. The words minority and diversity are very, very relative. Although I think, unfortunately, in America, sometimes we see them as very objective terms. Sure. Um, where Asian Americans are only the minority in America because the denominator looks different. If you look at it from a global scale, we may not be the minority. And of course, diversity is fine. We, San Jose, Cupertino, and Fullerton, where I grew up, were diverse populations, except they sent home letters in English and Korean. So was that really diverse as far as we were concerned? Probably right. not, right? Um, right? Talk to me about growing up with Ted. Um, you are two years older than Ted. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys do everything together? And if not, how did you guys find your own identity and, and sort of independence growing up in the same household? Yeah, you know, um, my brother had to be uh, tagged along to any of my uh, my friend functions. And so my brother was always around. Um, but, uh, you know, at the time I was like, Mom, why do you always make my brother go to sleepover with me, you know? Um, <laughs> so he would follow me everywhere. And then it turns out that my mom wanted some alone time after all these years. <laughs> and so... Um, he followed me around everywhere, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously, like, I wasn't annoyed by it or anything, but it's just, we just were always together. My mom always wanted us to do things together. And, um, you know, they said that, you know, your, your brother's all you have in America, you know, you got to rely on him, you know, in the future when we're, <laughs> when we're gone. <laughs> Funny, right? Um, so he came along everywhere. Uh, after we kind of got into high school, he, um, you know, had his own circle of friends, obviously. And, uh, um, you know, we had our own little kind of groups, but, uh, Ted was definitely the more cooler one. I think I was, uh, I was a more the, I was in a band, um, I played the trombone. I was in marching band. I was definitely the, kind of like the nerdy one, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, you know, my brother and I were just always kind of just stuck at the hip, I guess, you know, we didn't really fight that much. We didn't really fight that much. And when we we're growing up, um, he was a good kid. He was really good to me. Um, so, you know, we were actually like the exemplary Korean brothers that actually got along you know a lot of a lot of my friends they just didn't get along you know so uh me and my brother we actually got along so um you know we had a really good relationship from the start yeah i wanted more drama on the show but i guess you guys get along uh yeah i mean we don't get along now <laughs> you know it's all the business that just gets into, yeah uh, that that wow. kind of a um but yeah i mean growing up you know we just we got along well yeah that's good that's good yeah, um uh Let's go to San Diego. How did you end up in San Diego and what motivated you to study what you did? And tell me about some of the things you did outside of class down there. Yeah. So I kind of touched upon, I was like, kind of like, I'm not, I wasn't like a straight A student, but I got pretty good grades and I was like, um, I didn't get into too much trouble and um, always kind of had this idea of like, who was I, my identity um, in high school. And after I got to college, I wanted to really represent like Asian American. Like I, I joined a band. Um, with a couple of my buddies, we were all in an all Korean kind of like this punk band. And so, um, I kind of just went away from academia and went more into like the culture side. Mm. So, um, you know, we toured with like Far East Movement and like, like MC Jin. And we, we did like, we did that scene for a little while. And I was, 
really the first time I felt like I was like myself, you know, um, very, very, I got a lot of confidence through that. I got, um, a lot more friends and my network grew because of that. And some of them that I still keep in touch with to this very day, um, that has helped me in my current business actually. So, um, so yeah, college was great because UCSD, um, you know, as the first two years I was just kind of getting to know myself and, you know, I was this fish out of water from this bubble Cupertino town. But, um, you know, we got to travel the, the country through the band. And I think that's how I kind of eventually met you and all these other, um, like very, um, passionate, um, folks kind of surrounding like the Asian American community per se. Tell me more about you choosing to do music early on in life because your father, as you mentioned, engineer at mm-hmm. one of you know the biggest Korean company. It's very strict and the world that our parents grew up in Korea was follow this formula, go to this school, right. study that, and then right. at the end of it is this magical world of success and stability. Right. And and yet though you went to a prestigious university, Music was sort of your passion, it seems like, and and now we know what you do, and it's definitely a creative field. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you manage the balance of what you grew up with and the environment that was prepared for you, and then mm-hmm. choosing to do music um, serious enough to create a band and to tour and to you know pursue it more seriously than most people do? Yeah, I think me being a good kid um, until college. Um, kind of shackled me into like just wanting to rebel in a way, right? Um, you know, like I didn't get into much trouble. I didn't really do anything bad. And so like when I got a taste of music and just being just creative and with mm-hmm. like like-minded people, I was just like a guy that just broke free from jail, right? I was like, oh man, I want to just, I want to put everything. I want to go on this band. And so um, part of that was a good thing, right? You know, you're like blindly following your dreams when you're young. Um you know, funnily enough, those doors open new doors. And so um, Mm. I knew I always wanted to do business. I always wanted, like, got that entrepreneur bug from my dad. And he, uh, you know, put that in me and my brother. Um, So I always knew I wanted to do something by myself. I didn't want to work for anybody. But but music took me there where I could, like, create something on my own. And I really was drawn to that. Yeah, so I think the first, like, real adult life and the taste of that I loved it because, I, like I said, I could forge my own destiny. Um, you know, we're hanging out with people that were trying to change the world, especially in the Asian American community. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of just got my thirst um, even sharper for for that route almost, you know. Sure. Just, just being a non-typical Asian because there's so many of us in Cupertino that were just engineers and doctors. And I just didn't want to be that. I came from a world of that. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to do something that just was going in the opposite direction. When did you realize that it didn't have to be so binary, right? Because you were living your day life sort of as a college student pursuing higher education, you know, mm-hmm. if, if we look at other similar um, Asian American musicians in our circles, right? Like James from Far East finished freaking law school when he was yeah. touring. Like right. that's still important to us. That still matters that we don't drop out of school. I mean, look at Ken Jung. He not only did not drop out of medical school, he was actually a doctor, yeah. Before he acted upon his creative, de- you know, de- whatever. Dude, those guys like, are those guys are smart. Like you know, they're actually uh, have a backup plan and everything. I almost didn't even have a backup plan. I just I just went, you know. And so, well, I mean, I, I would argue that finishing college and starting your marketing career was. I mean, you didn't quit school to do band, right? Like that's that that's the moral of the story, and and you continue to pursue it in addition to you being a student, right? So I, I think that's 
another lesson that we can talk about in terms of, you know, for the young folks listening that want to start a band or think that your musical skills or whatever I, is I going actually, to uh, quit school for a little bit, to be honest. Okay, fine. <laughs> I, took, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that, but I, thanks I, for it. I, I took a year hiatus. Um, I did end up finishing, but it took me six years to graduate college. And um, hey, that's you know, the dream. That's like that, the Van Wilder dream, man. Yeah, that, I did it, but uh, it took me six years. <laughs> what did you learn in that year off? What did you do and what did you learn? Um, you know, I moved to L.A., for a year, I got a place in Pasadena. I waited tables. Um, I just kind of wanted to struggle, you know. I think like mm. you know, coming from a, a middle class neighborhood, you you don't get to face like these raw emotions and 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 hardships. And so, um, you know, there was a couple times where I was sleeping in the car, and you know, like just, I, you know, I just felt alive, you know. And I never was more happier than those moments because, um, you know, a couple times after you play a, an amazing show or create like the cd album and you're just like wow I, you know this, this is something really great bigger than just anything i've ever been a part of so um it, it was you know like my mom always would tell me like you know if you don't struggle you don't grow and you don't get better and i, I don't know why i always remember that quote from my mom but like it's like like i wanted to struggle i wanted to like just like live on the edge because that's when you feel like real emotions and i think um obviously now i'm a parent and i'm you know, I'm thinking differently in my head, but I remember thinking when I was early 20s, I wanted to just like change the world. I wanted to do all these things, you know, so that was a long time ago now. But <laughs> hey, it like everything happens for a reason. And I mean, we learn something um, along the way. Right. And yeah. what was that discussion like with your parents? Did you did you warn them that you were going to leave school for a year to pursue music? And when they found out, how did they respond? Uh, they weren't happy. They definitely weren't happy. Um, but they, they came to a show. They're like, okay, that's kind of cute. But um, luckily for me, it didn't end. I mean, it didn't go that long. I mean, I was like um, 24 or 5 when I quit the band. And so, um, you know, it wasn't like I was doing it to my 30s or 40s. But, uh, you know, just you uh, you come to a realization where you're like, okay, maybe this isn't the best. And then you kind of pivot and... Um, so that kind of naturally pivoted into my advertising career because, um, you know, for us, music didn't pay the bills. And, uh, you know, when we make some money off CDs at playing shows, we'd buy it to pay for drinks for people who came out to see us. And uh, we never <laughs> made any money that way. But, um, but yeah, I ended up going into advertising, you know. Um, that was like my full-time job. Um, it was interesting. It was in Advertising was interesting because, you know, it was just kind of dealt with a little bit of that, like, uh, that business life, office life, also a little bit of creativity. Um, but like, you know, deep inside, I always knew I wanted to do something by myself, like, you know, create my own business by myself. So, But the band story is cool because the guys that you are in the band with yeah. are, are all in their own way still pursuing their creative pursuits, right? Yeah. I think I think all of us, you know, we're all uh, creative. We, I think that's we ha that's why we, we're all in a band. We wanted some kind of outlet for innovation, for creativity. Um, yeah, that's. I think everybody that wants to like go out on a limb like that, they have to be a little bit crazy, right? Um, to put yourself really out there. <laughs> so um, I do. I do think you know that uh, it was a lot of blind ambition and blind passion that I followed. But um, 
like I said, it everything it just leads you somewhere, right? And yeah, um, this I mean, I mean, this whole thing with me and Soul Sausage might have not happened if I not been in a band and met these people and these networks and um, yeah, the community that you know we've kind of become a part yeah. of. Right? Yeah, that's cool. Um, what was it like to go back to school? Um, was it with tail between your legs of I try that cool and now mom wins and I have to finish school or was it <laughs> let me let me go back to school and try to figure my life out until I can figure out the next big move you know like I, like so I I came from good parents I I knew I was never gonna like not go back to school right so it was just more like a here here's like a hiatus and then let's let's finish this thing off and then and then you know just do the right steps the right Asian calculated steps. Let's let's just at least do that. Like you said, like to shut up my mom and dad. But uh, but yeah, you know, like I, I realized early on that for me, I didn't have to follow these set of paths that were put in front of me. And that's what I really didn't like is I didn't like, um, you know, especially like if you're okay, like when you turn 30, you have this idea of how you want to be. You want to be married, you want to be successful. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to, I don't want that. I want my my own path. I don't really care what the stigma is about if I'm 30 and if I'm broke. Um, I wanted to just be myself and have my own story. And I think that is like one of my biggest um, like positives, I think, uh, that I that, that I like about myself is just I don't really care too much about like what, mm. you know? And so like that kind of I don't care mentality just, um, you know, in, in a creative sense, right? Like right. I was very, I've, I've been very fulfilled all my life. Um, in my 20s, I was in a band and I was happy. And now I'm in my 30s, I get to do um, this business with my brother and I get to be creative and I get to just forge my own destiny. I think that's like, you know, I, I enjoy doing that. So that part fulfills me. And I think those um, those lessons and values, I, you know, I just cherish on. So between your stint at music making and taking it so seriously enough for you to take some time off from school to pursue it, and then your next big venture, which was obviously Soul Sausage, that still is 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 alive in your identity and in your baby today. Um, you worked in media, in advertising mm-hmm. for seven, six years, seven yeah, years, seven, seven, eight years. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, your progression through there, um, particularly with the focus of how did you? I mean, you worked in a creative field, right? So marketing and it's not mundane work, but how did you express and get through the days of, is this what I was meant to do versus I still have this itch to do something different? Uh, So I I was in media. I was in traditional media and then I went to digital media. So that's when um, the internet and online and mobile was kind of coming up and we knew that was like the thing, right? Before that was traditional TV and print ads and radio. Mm. So, um, I was always interested in advertising. I always thought that um, the way you communicated uh, your messaging and working with companies to kind of push their messaging out to the general public, I, I, I was fascinated by that. Um, was I good at it? I don't think so. I think I was okay. You know, I I just kind of floated along. I There's a lot of like, obviously in any company, there's like um, bureaucracy and political stuff that you have to play along and i didn't like that because you know like especially i was waiting tables and playing music for like five years right and then all of a sudden i have to uh, work with a team and so i learned a lot about like teamwork right obviously about just kind of communication uh, professionalism and uh, these are at least good things that kind of carried me to to start my own business right because 
if I didn't have that, if Ted didn't have that, I feel like we wouldn't be where we are today. Because like some of the things my brother has, he has like great uh, presentation skills, communication skills. Um, you know, I might have a little more organizational skills and a little bit more strategic skills. And so those skills were kind of um, built over the years through my advertising career. And so I'm really fond of that time because if we just would have started Soul Sizes when we were like 20, we wouldn't have some of these foundations and um, structures that um, are needed to kind of have longevity, right, in your career, whatever that may be. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, it was just like a accumulation of, okay, I was going to be doing music and then I was doing advertising and then... Um, and then soon, like, this little idea called Soul Sausage came about, you know? We started doing events on the weekends, and then it grew, right? And then and then it grew into another weekend, and then every weekend we're doing something. And then I'm, like, taking calls in my meeting rooms, right? I'm, like, going outside, taking calls, <laughs> and I'm booking Soul Sausage events. And I'm, like, this is, like, exciting, you know? So that that's when I knew, it's like, okay, hey, like, you know, we got something brewing here and um and that's when i knew like hey advertising might not be my my end goal because like mm-hmm. i'm getting too much excitement doing this other thing and i'm, I'm kind of nurturing this so sausage baby so um that's kind of how the next transition happened for me which was um this sausage company <laughs> yeah i mean but it wasn't there's overlap, right? It's not like I quit advertising and then I start the sausage company. As you just alluded to, there was overlap. There was yeah. evenings and weekends and, yep. and nighttime hustle, obviously, that helped you feel comfortable enough to to take the leap. Um, I want to get your take on what the first conversation you ever remember you having with your brother about Soul Sausage. What got you excited enough to even try it and to start putting time, energy and effort into it as a side hustle? Uh, it was very innocent. It was like, hey, uh, hey, my brother, uh, my, my best friend's brother is uh, created a sausage and we're going to do something this weekend. Do you want to help? I think that was it. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it, you know? And so, like, I, I just went into there. I just was, I was a helper in the beginning. I was just, it was my brother and Chris's idea. And I was just a helper, honestly. When this, when it all started, it was just, all right, let's do this, whatever. Okay, we're selling sausages. All right. Oh, my God, it tastes great. All right, what are you selling? What are you selling? And then, um, and then that first event that we did, we just killed it. Like, like we had the longest lines. Um, Travel Channel came and started filming us, and I remember like looking back on that. This is so embarrassing, but we weren't even wearing gloves. Like, <laughs> like we were sharing. We were sh- like we had one glove each, and like. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm going to get busted if I ever say this, but like, but it was just like that, you know, it was like, but I knew that something was special because this was when like Korean barbecue is just getting mm. all crazy. Um, and, and it was like a rush. Right. And it's like, we created this little thing. And, um, and then, so it led us to do another event and then that event we sold out and it went crazy. Right. And so we're like, what the hell is going on? You know? And, um, and then we got like a call to do a catering for like this, uh, movie set um i think it was dexter um and then and just and then we got another call from and then it just started like snowballing right and um so that's when we're like okay like this is kind of interesting you know like maybe we got something going on right and that's when we were like that's when we kind of were like okay let's let's be a trio um it wasn't just me helping out anymore but um i was like a, a full-time member and then um and then everything just kind of just blew up from there. But 
but yeah, it was just it, the whole story of sausage was very um, unforced. It was just very like even the name, it was just like something that we thought of one night. We're like, what should we call what should we call ourselves? Hey, we're Korean and we're making sausages. Hey, we call soul sausage. Okay, 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 go. You know, and so <laughs> the whole thing was just like very natural, and like I never yeah. had that kind of energy. Like like when you make an uh, album, a hit album, there's energy that you capture in that session or that. That, that during that album like creation time and there's something magical mm-hmm. and I I really feel that there was something magical that was created in like like summer of 2010 is like when we first did our first event and yeah. um and then yeah and so now it's been t- almost 10 years you know was that first event the Korean barbecue festival that one was our um second one second one okay yeah, I, one. I remember that one and then I shared this with Ted too it was awesome it was like who the hell are these guys but they got yeah. they, they got long as line because Hamjibak was there. Other people yeah. were there, you know, more more established, obviously, you know, brick and mortar places. But yeah, just the amount of people in general, there was just, the energy was amazing. It was, you know, and it's uh, kudos to Ted and KAC for creating that event. And, uh, you know, there's some people that we still keep in touch with to this day, like Jenny Wong and you and like, can't think of right now, but there's just a lot of people that were there that day. And uh, yeah. Dumb was there. Like, I mean, just um, a lot of good energy. Um you know, that's when like K Town was just kind of getting to get on the map a little bit, and um, you know, and we had Jonathan Gold, I think, was one of the judges. Yeah, he was there. Ludo was there. I, yeah, I still have a picture there. with him. Mm-hmm. I, I was working the soju tent because that's right. That's, that's just right, that, that's, that's what I was doing back then. That's right. That's right. St- still, good times, <laughs> that was good times. Uh, uh, very, very good times. Um, yeah. What led to the conviction for you to jump in both feet full time? with soul sausage and how did that conversation go first with your brother and then eventually with your parents? So me and my brother and Chris at that time were, uh, we were busy every weekend. We were busy every weekend with certain something related to soul sausage. And so, like I said, man, you know, when I was at my last year at my media job, I, uh, I was taking calls and booking events and doing press calls and just during and like, I just book meeting rooms. Right. And I'd be like, Hey, how you doing? Like, you know, like, um, and so it got to a point where like we had investors that were interested in investing on this, you know, we started looking for some actual, uh, a real physical brick and mortar to go into. And, um, we felt, it felt right. It felt right that we should, uh, do this full time. Um, obviously there was like a little in, uh, inexperience with like the financial part, which looking back, we were like, Oh my God. Right. But, um, <laughs> you know, how are we going to make money three ways and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, like I said, like we was just uh, a passion. We were blindly following our passion, and, and we felt it felt right. And we just decided to make a leap. We're like, hey, let's do this. So obviously, convincing ourselves was not a hard deal, but uh, I knew it would be hard to tell my parents. So um, we didn't tell them. We didn't tell them until uh, <laughs> until yeah, until like middle of construction, you know. And then we just dropped it one day on her. We're like, hey, uh, we quit our jobs, and she's like who quit jobs and we're like both of us we're like oh my god why can't just one of you guys quit and uh but uh but yeah you know like you know we you you show your parent that you love something and um you're committed to it and you know eventually they'll have to come around right um so uh when we won the show and you know when they saw some of these uh when they saw their hangukilbo or chungangilbo uh article about us they're like okay you know I guess it's cool. <laughs> uh, it, it's, you know? it's that 
freaking Korean newspaper it's thing, Korean man. Newspaper. Yeah. You, you're nobody until yeah. they, they feature you. You're nobody until your your their your parents' friends know about it. That's yeah. when it, that's when it's like, oh yeah, my son. I mean, <laughs> hell, hell, you can be on Forbes or you can be on whatever. Yeah, but you know, it it ain't real for the Korean adult population until that spread. Um, exactly, man. You know. <laughs> let, let's talk about that a little bit. You t- you talked about the, the the show and the truck that required obviously a little bit more commitment on your end to yeah. live, eat, and breathe this experience. Yeah. But it was also in hindsight, and even seeing you guys go through it from a distance, mm-hmm. that changed your life literally forever because yeah. that. So tell us about that. How did it come about from your perspective? What was it like going through it? And looking back now, what did you learn from that and working with your brother? Yeah, so that was 2012 when we uh, decided to quit our jobs, uh, sign our uh, retail space lease. Uh, and then during that time, we got casted to be on the show by like we were hungover one day. We submitted a video. We somehow got on, and all of a sudden, I'm in, I'm, I'm on a I'm on a worldwide tour with our a food truck, right? And so, um, I, I swear, like the whole soul sausage thing was in 2012 was just like I can't even describe how magical of a year that was because um, it seriously went from like zero to hero, right? It's like you go on the show. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, let's just not make a fool of ourselves, and then we end up winning the whole thing, right? So, like. We had no idea what, what was going to happen, you know? And then so when we had the last show air, I think it was a week after we opened our first brick-and-mortar location. Wow. And, and a week later, right? So people were like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then there was like when we opened the doors, it was like seriously like 100 people in line before we even even opened, right? Wow. And, and it, it was like that for six months. It was just like every day there was like 60 to 100 people waiting in line, right? And so we're just like, holy shit. And then, like, so through the show, we won a food truck, and we couldn't even bring that food truck out because we're so busy opening the store, right? So we were just like, what the hell is happening? And then now it's funny because I think about it, and I see, like, we're trying to get – sometimes we get trying to get, like, LA Times or, like, LAist or something to feature, like, a story about us. And at that time, everybody wanted a piece of us. It was just crazy. And so, like, we were, like, kind of spoiled. We're, like, spoiled because, like, you know, like – Every publication wanted to feature us, and um, we got calls every day. I had to say no so many times. There's people like um, like the VP of Cheesecake Factory wanted us wanted to sign us for and open up 100 stores with him, right? So we were being courted by them, and it was like, uh, we were, I was like talking to my brother. I'm like, is this normal? Like, how, how is this? How, how like I feel like I don't have to do any work. I just open up my email, and there's just like 10 requests for press, like 10 requests to be like an investor, and it was just like. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on, right? Now, I'm just like, that was definitely that that exposure was just huge because you'd have like moms like stop me and say like, are you from Soul Sausage? And I'm like, holy shit, this huge, this show is pretty huge, you know? And because like a random white mom, like, like kind of spotting me <laughs> was just, I was just unbelievable, you know? And so, so yeah, I mean, we started off very spoiled. Like, I think... Um, even like some of my restaurant friends, they're probably looking at me, us, and they're like, these little spoiled brats, they're like, we work so hard, you know, and we can't even get like a, a, you know, LA Times article. And these guys are just like on every publication. And uh, <laughs> it was wild. 2012 was a wild year, man. And, uh, you know, we started, usually a business starts kind of like this, right? Like, like 
maybe like that. But ours started here, and then like, you know, it went down, and then now we're kind of like, you know. But um, yeah, it just for us, it's just a, a weird story because we started off with a bang, and um, that's not how most businesses start. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but I mean, you, you start the best way you can, right? And that's actually not the worst way to start. Obviously, there are, are some questions of what is real, what is expectation, what is the future um, yeah. when, when you start like that. But let's look back at the last eight years of Soul Sausage. Um, you had a brick and mortar store. You had the big truck. You had the little car. You guys were everywhere. You yeah. guys, you know, there'd be lines out the door every time I'd swing by Sautel and innovating and just being having fun all the time. And yeah. Since then, you've had um, structures, restructures within the partnership. You opened up a new store. You had to close it down. You mm-hmm. have pivoted to a number of different things. And, and now, starting in 2019 until most recently, um, you were starting to very, very popular and, and stable inside stadiums. Um, yeah. You've seen Soul Sausage at the Coliseum, at LAFC, at Bank mm-hmm. uh, of California Stadium, and, and also flirting with putting prepackaged sausages on store shelves and in freezers. Right. Right. And doing a bunch of catering under, you know, existing in new brands that sort of was looking like that was going to be the way forward. Right. And, and let's look at this. Let's try to look at this at least before sort of the pivot of the last eight weeks of having to figure out how to run a business now. Yeah. But in the first eight years of Soul Sausage working with Ted, what are some of your best memories and some of your toughest lessons that you remember that it was that it was your business partner who also happened to be your brother. I remember one real uh, a couple of moments where it was really bad was when uh, little Tokyo uh, was having uh, trouble meeting payroll, and um, me and my brother were looking at each other and we're like, "How are we going to make payroll?" All right, and so you know when you have people's lives at risk and uh, um, you know bills to pay. It's a real, really big problem. And so, um, yeah, we had to try everything. We called um, favors. We went to creditors. We sold stuff. I mean, like, um, Little Tokyo was like our, uh, I think me and my brother, we like to say this, it was like our uh, business school. It's where we learned how to basically weather any storm and figure out a creative way to make it happen. Um, And so, like, I just remember, like, we had, like, we were, like, negative for a little while and then we had to pay like 10 grand in payroll one day and like we were just like so like we were just like what do we do we were thinking about every possible thing you name it we thought about it and so uh going to battle with ted at that time was pretty huge because at least i had someone else to kind of bounce ideas off of and um you know when when i thought everything was going to go down and sink we always found a way to get out of that and so that's something that I will always cherish with him because we went to war together and we were just like, how are we going to get out of this? We would make money from Sautel or food truck and pump it into little Tokyo. So, um, you know, you, you, it might seem on the surface that we're doing well, but like putting money out and you're kind of moving around and uh, that's dangerous, very dangerous, right? So um, I can't even list all the times that we had to like kind of just um, think of something creative to do to, to get out of those situations. But we sure enough did. And so like basically like, I feel like, you know, because we went through those battles, like we could do anything, you know, like we, me and my brother really like, we're like cockroaches. We, we don't die. You know, <laughs> we, we found ways to kind of uh, pivot and, and repurpose ourselves. Cause like, when you think about it, right. Like we've been at um, 
I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but we've been, you know, we've had two food trucks. We've had a Scion. We've had, uh, we're at stadiums. We're at three stores. We've had all these different avenues to find us. Um, so we're always constantly thinking about how to feed people in LA and how to feed mm. uh, the new modern customer. And so that's like kind of like one of our things where it's like, how do we reach people in the new age, right? And even with this COVID thing, how do we package something so that people will have um, a good feeling and and enjoy some good food that kind of represents this Korean American like cuisine, right? So, um, so yeah, I guess like there's no like one incident because we've been through so much like crap, right? Um, but it just for me like knowing that um, there's 100% trust. I think that's been the the biggest thing is like mm. uh, you you might go through a lot of ups and downs, but then like how many times can you truly trust your partner 100%, right? You might think that he has ulterior motives or he might want to help um, his own brand or image or his own ventures, right? But how do you really completely trust a partner to do, to like almost, you know, go to battle with? So I think that's been, um, that's been like one of the, the, the craziest um, moments of our, our career path is that we've been doing this for eight years, but like the last or like um, 2017, 18 were like the toughest years of our careers in our lives. But we overcame that and we turned a corner. And um, in 2018, we started a, a focusing on catering business. And that was really starting to take off until the whole COVID thing hit. And then so now we had to repivot again. And um, um, we introduced like a new uh, program. Um, that you've been promoting a lot. Thank you. And, uh, you know, just, uh, it's good, uh, man. Yeah. Just That's itself. We're just, we're just, you know, like, like I said, 2012 was like the years where we just, just like just blew up. And like, so like, you know, we're going to all these parties and we thought we were hot shit, but, uh, business there's, there's moments where you have these flashes of brilliance. Right. And you have to really capitalize on that. And so that's something that we learned. And, um, uh, we're waiting for that next big splash, that moment that will catapult us again. And, you know, I guess that's part of business. You got to, you know, there's nine bad days and one great day. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, look, I've been lucky enough to have a seat, um, not a quite a front row seat, but a close seat enough to have gotten to know you guys as good friends and as an observer of the business journey. Mm -hmm. And we've talked many, many times about business and what to do and, stuff and yeah uh, we, we've had some fun memories together and more coming down the way and, and i do want to share with the audience that i have never seen somebody a duo collectively equally hustle so hard <laughs> without ever bitching about it than you and your brother no, man, i'm talking you. about 4 a.m drives to oxnard i'm talking back-to-back days at the Coliseum in 100-degree heat serving crazy <laughs> drunk people. Uh, I'm talking about running into you at office buildings, serving food and hustling and doing doing the job. Um, that's what people don't see yeah. behind the flashy food truck. That's what, even though friends and the public may have this perception of you guys having an early and almost uh, guided golden entrance into restaurant tourism, and having an you know an easy way in, uh, what they may not see uh, through the brand and through all that is the pure hustle and this relentless work ethic that 
you probably got from your parents and you got from yourselves and um, lessons that were reinforced as you played shows and slept in your car and <laughs> went through life. Life is funny in the way that you and I are both dads now. And, uh, you know, we don't really have an excuse anymore, right? It, it has wow. to work. And it has to work out. I mean, you have employees' payrolls to meet, but you also have kids to take care of, right? And um, and Soul Sausage was sort of your and Ted's baby before you actually had babies. Sure. And and so it's it's your you know maybe your first kid, maybe your kids don't want to hear that, but it's the eighty year old first baby before they came into the picture. Absolutely. And Absolutely. and then hopefully it will be the the older older sibling uh, that will pave a lot of opportunities. Not just for your kids, um, but uh, for for your larger family, um, you know, for for the whole Kim family, man. Uh, this has been so fun. Uh, this has yeah. been really, really fun. Um, we'll, we'll leave. I have a lot more questions that I want to ask you, but we will leave that until you and Ted are both here. Um, I, I can't wait to see um, the the engagement and sort of the com- fun conversations. And uh, I hope I'm not hyping it up too big, and then you guys talk to each other, and it's really boring because that would not be fun, but maybe we'll start drinking and then it'll be fun again. Yeah, um, I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always down to drink. Um, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tell, t- telling your wife and mine, uh, we need to drink during the day cause it's a part of our job. Um, it is. It's, it's well, it social. could be your job. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, so I, I want to end the conversation for now and uh, finish up the episode here uh, in the way that we finish up most of our, all of our conversations here on the Asian Americans which is in the form of a love letter, uh, a Dear Asian Americans letter to us and from us. And so uh, please share anything that you would like to share with um, anybody in the community in particular or just the community at large um, about some perspectives and and lessons that you've learned. So I will start the letter. And if you could finish out, Mm -hmm. Dear Asian Americans. Dear Asian Americans, I am a proud Asian American and you should all be proud American, Asian Americans. Um, we have a, a, a short history here in the States, but like people like me and you, we all are listening to this and um, are tuning in because there's like this fire inside of us that um, needs to be heard, uh, whether it's through food or arts or even uh, the legal or whatever field. Um, it's just really important to represent um, ourselves truthfully and honestly. Um, so as long as you're following your heart, um, there's going to be no wrong. Be proud of being Asian American. Um, I remember when I was, uh, in junior high school, there wasn't many figures to look at, not many role models, but, um, but now there's a lot of progress that's been made and, uh, there's going to be more progress to be made in the future. So, um, if you love yourself, there's nothing that's going to be go wrong, but, uh, it's a good time to be Asian-American. Be proud of who you are. Um, everybody has their own voice. Follow that voice and uh, don't let anybody tell uh, you otherwise. And there's a lot more work to be done. So so let's do it. You know, let's keep going. Thanks, Young. Son of an engineer, musician, marketer, business owner, father. Your story's not done, but those are some of the fun job titles that we'll remember you by for now. Um, thanks for being a good friend. Thanks for being a good brother. It's really, really, I'm going to call you out just because we can. The amount of love and attention and fun you have with your kids 
And at least that's the one that you want to share with us on Instagram. <laughs> it's awesome, man. Um, it's really heartwarming for you too. Um, I know how hard you work. I know the early mornings, the late nights, and yet they are your priority. Your family is your priority. And um, as, as a fellow dad, and as so many of us who, who listen to this show are, thank you for reminding us daily what is truly most important about all the work and all the hustle that we do, man. Thank you, Jerry. And I have to call you out because I remember we had this conversation at a coffee shop and you had this uh, idea about doing this show. And here we are, uh, almost 50 episodes in and you're freaking doing it, man. So kudos <laughs> to you. And, you know, I know how hard you work. I know how much you love your kids. So let's, let's all keep going, man. You know, got a lot more stuff to do. Let's keep going. I will see you virtually tomorrow for the recap with your brother. I will see you in person on Friday to pick up even more awesome food. But thank you for making time. And uh, I'll see you soon, brother. Right, thank you. Thank you, Jerry. All right, have a good one. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. It's crazy to tell your Asian parents that one, you got to take a year off from school to pursue your musical dreams. And then to shock them again a few years later, saying that you've both quit your jobs to pursue the dreams of owning your own food business. Uh, love the guys, love Young, love their brothers and, and love their what they've created. So uh, let's support them. Check out them. Check them out across all the platforms at Soul Sausage. If you're in the LA area, they're doing these amazing Food Equals Family uh, meal kits every Friday. Check them out at foodequalsfamily.com. Um, follow us and like us on Instagram and on Facebook at Dear Asian Americans. And if you have any comments, thoughts, questions, or nominations for guests, do DM us at Dear Asian Americans or just send us an email to hello at DearAsianAmericans.com. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you're staying safe and healthy and happy out there. This has been your host, Jerry Wan. And I will see you next time.